The last page has been turned on my last read of the year, and though I could be popping the cork on a small bottle of something fizzy and alcoholic, I am going the sensible route and drinking something hot and sweet. Yes, I am drinking yet another cup of tea. I think this is about my fourth of the day, and I spent most of the morning in bed. Hopefully everyone enjoyed a beautiful and restful holiday season, wherever you celebrated, and whoever you celebrated with, if you celebrate at all. I wanted to do something different to close out the year, so this week I am going to be taking a look at 10 books I have read this year, some new, some not so new, that I loved, and five books that I am actually looking forward to in 2023. So for the last time in 2022, let's get this thing going. Here I am, no spoilers, opinion filled as always, and ready to roll. All of which means it's time for the latest episode of Being Bookish. I'm your host Ray, self-confessed bookworm, introvert, hermit, long-term depression sufferer and ex-coffee addict. Join me on my journey through my ever-growing to-be-read pile and enjoy the latest episode. was an interesting one when it came to reading. I have managed to enjoy 130 books to varying degrees. Some were fantastic and earned a rare five-star rating and others were not quite what I wanted. Doesn't mean they were bad, but they just weren't books that I enjoyed at the time. I even had a couple of DNFs and they are really rare as I am a stubborn reader the majority of the time. Normally I would start at the beginning and look at the beginning of the year, but to be honest my reading was all over the place, as my brain is, as I tried my hand at so many different genres and even read books by 56 authors who were totally new to me. I found a few who I have added to my must-read list going forward and two that will definitely be on my reread lists. Every reader has one of those, right? I'm not the only one. I'm going to stress right now that these books are my favourites of the year, not in any particular order. Some you will have heard me talk about on the podcast, while others were a simple post or two on Instagram. I will be talking about a few of them in 2023 because books are timeless. And as I don't spoil them, they can be talked about at any point after I finish them. The first book I'm going to mention was not only a new author to me, but also my first five-star book of 2022, a birthday gift to myself that I read pretty much as soon as it arrived. My copy is currently on loan to a work colleague, though she does admittedly care for books as well as I do, and I have recommended it to every person who has dared to risk asking me about a novel I enjoyed reading for the year. The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune was a book that I reviewed with just three words on Goodreads. Amazing, beautiful, emotional. And though I could and did follow that up with a lot more words in my 21st of February episode about the book, I'm going to stick with that review because it's incredibly accurate. Linus, Arthur and the children who end up inhabiting Marcias Island share something so special And if you haven't read it already, I am going to continue recommending it to you. 
because it is something special and I haven't read anything like it since. I do have Clune's follow-up fantasy under the whispering door on my TBR and it will be an early 2023 read, possibly one though that I am looking forward to. In May, I finally let took the leap and joined NetGalley. I wasn't sure whether I would get accepted for any big books because I had heard tales of people who'd been requesting for years and got very little. The Change by Kirsten Miller was my first book and as a woman of a certain age I could identify with a lot of the experiences that her three lead characters were going through as they reached the point of change in their own lives. Oh and they also solve a murder or two. I'm not sure what I liked about this book, apart from the fact that the women weren't bitter about their lot. They were strong and determined, and it wasn't all about jealousy or hatred. Though I wouldn't say the book is targeted at women who are going through or have already gone through the menopause, it is a topic at the forefront of the book. I know, as do most, that it doesn't make you less of a woman, but there are definitely or there was definitely a time when this was the case. In July, I read a book that is really difficult to put in a specific genre. There are paranormal elements to it, a mystery to be solved. It could be considered biographical, but overall, it's a combination of all three together. I'm talking about The Spirit Engineer by A.J. West. I have to be honest, when I first picked the book up, I wasn't sure what to expect. But the further I got into it, learning about the characters who were real people and their lives, the more I found myself drawn into the story. Were there moments that made me uncomfortable as I read of spiritualist researcher William Jackson Crawford and his fascination for the famed medium Kathleen Gollaher? And the experiments he carried out on her, uh, yeah, but I think that this was the intention. The book was well written, the prose in many places was poetic, and the passion for the story that West was telling was apparent on every page. I'm looking to find forward to finding out what West has in store with his next book, something he talked about briefly, with no spoilers, my, I might add, when I spoke with him in my episode on the 18th of July. In October, I was treated to a preview of a book that came out a few weeks later, and it's one that truly surprised me, How to Kill Men and Get Away With It by Katie Brent. Occasionally, there are books that you pick up and you get a vibe, whether good or bad. At that point, you'll decide whether you're going to put the book down or continue reading. When I first picked this up, I wasn't sure what I was getting into, the characters seemed very flighty, very unlike anyone I could identify with. They were Instagram influencers. Their worth described only by the number of followers they had and the sponsors they managed to attract. This was the moment when I made my decision to read on, and I'm really glad I did. Were the characters somewhat superficial? Of course they were. They believe their only worth is in their social media status. But then the first murder occurs. It's a complete accident that changes the whole tenor of the book. The lead character, Kitty Collins, is no longer only concerned about how many likes she can get on a carefully edited photo. She's wondering how she can hide the fact that she is responsible for the death of a man whose throat was cut by a broken bottle near her house. And that's just the beginning. The book will not be for everyone, as will none of the books on my list. 
but it definitely had me chuckling and feeling a little bit uh, at times, but that was purposeful. I know that I've said many, many times that I'm not a fan of nonfiction books. I read them for school and college and university, but after that point, they were off the table completely. I love fiction. I love escapism. However, this year, I read a snippet of a memoir while I was trying to find out more about why the character Gemma was no longer in Agatha Raisin, because I tend to go down the rabbit hole. And that led me down a rabbit hole, funnily enough, which ended up with the purchase of Katie Wicks's memoir, Delicacy, a memoir about cake and death. I'm going to try not to play on the theme of cake here, but I devoured the memoir in two sittings, only broken up by the fact that I have a day job. I laughed. I cried. Seriously. I stuffed my face with a bar of chocolate and a packet of crisps, and I cried a little bit more. I wasn't sure what I was expecting because of the title of the book, but I felt her pain and it felt familiar. All the food issues, all the pain of loss, the disastrous relationships, the body image problems, all of it. I want to say so much more and in my 22nd of August episode, I do. But I really want to recommend you read this book. It would be a shame not to. I loved it enough that it was my third five-star read of 2022. Well, we're halfway through the list. (laughs) What do you think? Have you read any of these books? Have you been influenced by me to read any of these books? Are you going to? What's on your top 10 for 2022? No countdown of my reading year would be complete without a book from this author, though this book is actually from 2013 and it's taken me nine years to get around to reading it. Yes, I am talking about Neil Gaiman and his fantasy novel, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I have to be honest, it was my solid intention to review this book on the podcast when I finished it, but I struggled for a long time to get my thoughts straight. There is so much to recommend this book and everything by Gaiman, if I'm completely honest. I know that he's not everyone's cup of tea, but this is a book I would probably suggest to anyone who is looking to dip their toe in that particular pond, almost appropriate in many ways. I'm not sure why this book spoke to me. I can't see myself in the character, nor do I find myself feeling particularly emotional about any of them. But the familiarity of the setting, which is near to where I live, and the dark fairy tale nature of the story itself is just so beautifully written that I find myself thinking about it often. Just read it if you haven't, and if you have, read it again. This was another five-star read for 2022. February was a pretty good month for books for me this year because... The next favourite read was not only incredible, it was a new author and a different genre. I don't often have guests, as you'll know, but when I do, we talk about amazing books. And this one was no different. When Chance from Strive, Seek, Find, which I recommend you listen to, suggested I try my hand at Brandon Sanderson, I wasn't sure Mostly because I live in a cave and I hadn't heard of him. Yes, I am admitting I hadn't heard of him. That's definitely changed. And when I picked up Skyward, I was initially a bit 
intimidated by the heft because at five over 500 pages, it was probably one of the biggest books I've read this year. The first book in the Skyward series introduced me to an author I had never read before, but also world building that was impressive. I read the book over a weekend, in fact, less than a weekend, staying up late into the night because I simply couldn't put it down. Spencer, the lead protagonist, is both stubborn and driven, and she is so determined to prove herself that I was rooting for her from the beginning. Seriously, I sat there going, come on, she's got to get this. And she, everything she goes through in order to get to where she, what she's worked so hard to accomplish makes her someone to admire. She can be a bit irritating at times, but that's only because she's so frustrated fighting against the hand she's been dealt. And that's fair enough. I have the rest of these books on my TBR and I'm hoping that I will be getting physical copies as they are on my birthday wish list for next year. I love a bit of romance and it's even better when it's mixed with a little bit of the paranormal, which is why the latest book by author Sangu Mandana, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, is on my top 10 of the year. Micah Moon is just one of a few witches left in Britain. She has to hide her identity and stay away from other witches because to gather as a large group can cause things like the witch trials to happen. She knows that she needs to be cautious and she also knows that she feels lonely and isolated when she's offered a very interesting but potentially dangerous job in a house in Norfolk looking after three orphaned witches. She is understandably both anxious and resistant, but who could resist such an offer? Little does she realise it's going to change her entire life for the better, eventually. I read this book as an arc from NetGalley and loved it so much that when it was released, I purchased a hardback and it's waiting to be a 2023 reread and review. I have recommended it to a few people already, so take it from me if you love light romance and light paranormal, strong female characters, intriguing plots and an enjoyable read with only a few tears, then this is one to add to your list for the new year. This list is in no particular order, so I am not counting down to my favourite read of the year because there were so many. But the ninth book I'm going to talk about is actually the first two books, so it's kind of a cheat, in a trilogy. I started taking part in book tours this year. Yes, I have been a busy podcaster <laughs> because I am nothing if not punishing myself. And the first of these two books was one of them. I read the first book in about four hours because the story just pulled me in and then immediately recommended it to a friend of mine who has a liking for fantasy novels. I have admittedly never been a big fantasy reader, but the story of The Sky Riders by Kerry Law pulled me in and as soon as I finished, I placed my order for the sequel, The Rider's Quest. If you love fantasy, dragons, adventure, quests, mysteries, incredible world building and action then you'll not be going too far wrong with this series. Honestly, I read the first book in hours, had to force myself at almost 3am on a work night to put the book down so I could go to sleep and then read the sequel instead of eating dinner because I have a tendency to do that. You'll fall in love with Amy and her dragon Jess quickly and follow them eagerly as they ride into danger without a clue as to what they're doing.
there are so many books on that I could have added to this list. And if I wanted to make an episode a full 24 hours in length, I could go through every single one of them. But we all have lives to get back to. So I'm doing you a favor, I promise. So before I talk about the last book, but not necessarily my favorite read, I am going to run through a few others that I have read this year that I really enjoyed because I feel sure I will have missed something off the list somewhere. Stephen King is an amazing author with a great deal of range. This year, I have reread his short story, The Body and Misery, which is one of my all-time favorites. I talked about both of these with Lorraine from Once Upon a Nightmare, and she is going to guest again next year. But we are going down a different path with Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. So keep an ear out for that one. As well as book tours and arcs from NetGalley, I have also been taking part in the Feel It All read-along with author Paige Toon, reading through her back catalogue before the release of her next novel in April 2023. So I can't leave One Perfect Summer, The Last Piece of My Heart, and If You Could Go Anywhere off this list. I really couldn't. My conscience wouldn't stand it. I also encountered a few new authors this year. Sophie Cousins, Leah Lewis, Lindsay Kelk and Elle Cook are just a few of them. Seriously, the list is endless. As I said, there have been 56 of them. I know that whatever happens, I am going to feel as though I miss someone off this list. But seriously, it's a long one and there is still time to talk about them next year. So keep your ear to the ground for an episode about some of them at a later date. Here it is, the last book on my list of 10. I'm not rating any of them as my all-time favorite because anything that is a four or five star is a book I would recommend. So you can feel secure in the knowledge that whatever is here is a book I enjoyed. I'm not going to list the ones I didn't because I don't think that's fair or right. It's a personal opinion. No list of mine would be complete without a murder mystery of some sort. And I read quite a few this year, some from authors I have read many times before, such as Agatha Christie and M.C. Beaton. And then there was this surprise from NetGalley, Death on the Pier by Jamie West. Based in a theatre on the end of Brighton Pier in the 1930s, the leading lady in a play is shot dead on stage and when this happens it's down to playwright Bernie Carroll and his friend Detective Chief Inspector Hugh Chapman to not only capture the killer but determine the method and the motive behind it. The book has all the glamour of the era swirling around an intriguing murder plot that could have come straight from the pen of Agatha Christie and that's why it had to be on my list. Agatha is my queen the characters are intriguing and until the end it's so unpredictable that without a pen and paper beside you it's like playing a game of Cluedo. Though I have to say I did win my first game of Cluedo in about five years this year through standard deduction processes. Go me. I love books that keep you guessing and this one certainly does that. 
This book had to be on my list, partly because I had the chance to speak to Jamie and he was not only incredibly passionate about the book, but also so great to talk to that I wish we'd had more than my workday lunch break to talk about it, his inspiration and his career working on the West End. So there you have it, my 10 favourite books of 2022 in no particular order. Of course, if you asked me yesterday or tomorrow, it could be completely different. Did I miss one you expected to see? Did I have a book on there that surprised you? Did I not actually read something you thought I should have done? Let me know. Twenty twenty three is going to be a great year for books. Whether you're a fan of romance, biography, historical fiction, science fiction, or fantasy, I have taken a look at what's coming out in the next few months, as well as the books I have already had an opportunity to read that have yet to be released. I have managed to restrict myself to just five because we could be here forever if given the chance. So here are just five of my biggest anticipated reads for 2023. I've already mentioned her, but on the 27th of April, the first new book by Page Tune in 18 months will be released. If you, like me, have been taking part in her Feel It All read-along, then you'll have been counting down the months until Only Love Can Hurt Like This arrives in the mail. I may have already read it, but I still want my copy. Yes, the title does inspire thoughts of the song by Paloma Faith, but to be fair, it's sort of appropriate. If you haven't pre-ordered your copy yet, what are you waiting for? It's a book that will make you laugh, cry and feel a bit of heart hurt. I love mythological retellings and over the last year, I have read a few that have focused on the Trojan War from various perspectives. I have admittedly been disappointed with a couple, but the aptly titled Clytemnestra by Costanza Cassati is incredible. Telling the tale from the perspective of Helen's sister and using the more obscure parts of her mythology to build her character, it's a wonderfully rounded and beautifully written story that I have already pre-ordered. January is the month when Jill Mansell's new books are released. I always have them on pre-order and wait eagerly for them to arrive. They are devoured in less than a day and then sit on the shelf for a year before I pick them up again. Her latest, Promise Me, is released on the 19th of January and is up there with my other favourite by her, To the Moon and Back. I received a copy of this from the publisher and can honestly say that while Can You Keep a Secret, her release in 2022, was not one of my favourites, with this one she's hit the perfect spot. I will definitely be reading this again and though I have a copy already, I have not cancelled my pre-order because the finalised cover is so pretty. Yes, I am shallow when it comes to my bookcase. Amazing Grace Adams is a surprising story. It's definitely a Marmite book by Fran Littlewood, but I am on the side of like when it comes to the story of Grace Adams, who is just trying to navigate life after things start to go a little bit more than wrong when it all initially seemed to be going so right. I currently have one book on my list that I am going to really love, but I haven't yet had a chance to sit down and focus on my copy. And that's Scarlet by author Genevieve Cogman. 
As a fan of Cogman's writing, she wrote The Invisible Library, which is incredible, and someone who also enjoys the fantasy steampunk style of storytelling, her latest book, which comes out in May 2023, really appeals. Scarlet is an alternative version of The Scarlet Pimpernel, and I have to say that the moment I saw this on my dashboard, I had to click request because I couldn't ignore it. So there you have it, my five most anticipated releases of 2023. No doubt as more books are announced, the list will continue to grow. But for now, I think that it's a pretty good selection. Of course, I am always looking for new books to add to my TBR, no matter how big it gets. So if there is a fiction novel you think I would love, recommend away. Send me an email at notbeforecoffeepodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter or Instagram and I will be sure to take a look. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has joined me this year, whether you're a listener or you've been a guest. It's been a very interesting one with some incredible books and I hope that 2023 is even more so. Don't forget that the first Being Bookish Book Club will be taking place at the end of January and the book of the month is Circe by Madeline Miller. If you want to find out more about how to take part, send me a message on Instagram or Twitter. I really can't wait to start this journey with you. Well, that's it for this week and for 2022. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family and please post a star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else you listen. You can follow me on Twitter at being underscore bookish and on Instagram at beingbookishpod or you can check out my website beingbookish.co.uk. Well, I've still got a lot to get ready for next week and a new book is calling me. So until next time, this is me saying farewell and Happy New Year.